Friends, how do we bridge the divide between God and humanity? How do we close the gap between heaven and earth? been a lot of discussion lately in culture about bridging divides, of finding ways to bring together what appear to be disconnected parts. Uh, last year, Father Basic had a lecture series all focused on this topic. If you went to any of them, each one was called Bridging the Divide and then Some Divide that Exists in Our Culture. So he had a talk called Bridging the Political Divide bridging the economic divide, bridging the racial divide, and so on. All trying an attempt to find how do we close the gap between incongruent or disconnected parts. That's the point of religion, isn't it? To bridge the divide between heaven and earth. To close the gap between God and humanity. It's interesting that the word religion, uh, you notice right in the middle of the word L-I-G, ligament. So the etymology of religion is similar to the etymology of ligament, the thing that binds together different bones. And so religion is nothing else but the attempt to find the glue The attempt to find that which binds together heaven and earth. That which binds together God and man. And then by extension, that which binds us together. Christianity has kind of an interesting answer to this question. How do we bridge the divide between God and humanity? The interesting Christian answer is, we can't. We can't. That the chasm that exists, as dignified as we are, the chasm that exists between creator and creature, the chasm that exists between perfect goodness and fallen sinful humanity, the divide that exists between infinity and finitude, is too large for us to reach on our own. I think of like when a uh, little toddler is trying to reach up to their parent. Like little Scotty here, who just turned two a couple days ago. And his dad is pretty tall. You might have noticed that. Right? If, if, if Deacon Justin has his hands up here, right, and Scotty's, he can reach all he wants. He can jump all he wants. And it's noble. It's a noble thing searching and pursuing. But until Deacon Justin, his dad, stoops down at his level and lifts him up, he can't get up here. I felt that way kind of yesterday. I was trying to light this Advent wreath. We got the tallest Advent wreath this side of the Mississippi, for sure. And I did it before, at 4.30, I did it before anyone got here. Because it's really embarrassing when you can't do it, you know? So I was up on a chair. I mean, I had all sorts of problems. I was hoping it would stoop to my level, but it's just stayed up there. But the biblical authors are really aware of this divine. That yes, we have incredible dignity. As Isaiah says, we are the work of God's hands. We have incredible dignity, made in the image and likeness of God. But there is this divide 
that it takes God's initiative to broach. It takes God's initiative to stoop down. It takes God's initiative to provide the glue that unites the human and divine. And so in the Old Testament, there's this incredible longing for God to come down and bridge the divide. That's why I love our first reading today from Isaiah. He says it beautifully. He says, God, rend the heavens and come down. Rip apart. Rip apart anything, any wall that divides the human and divine and just come and be with us. Descend into our midst. Rend the heavens and come down. Rip them apart and be with us. All of that, of course, for us as Christians is fulfilled at Christmas. It's what we prepare for in the Advent season. It's what we long for to to remember and to enter into again Jesus' actions, God's actions in the person of Jesus. That the incarnation, Christmas celebrates the total fusion of the human and divine. It celebrates the bridge being divided between God and man. That in Jesus we have the fusion of infinitude and finitude. Immateriality and materiality. In Jesus we have the fusion of heaven and earth. It's a really uniquely Christian claim to say that God took so seriously the divide between creature and creator that He became a creature. That He joined heaven and earth in the person of Jesus. That's the first part of Advent. We celebrate His first descent. But the other part of Advent is to look forward in hopeful expectation to His second descent. Because see, His first descent among us at Christmas, the Incarnation, fulfilled what it means to be human. He brought together the disparate parts of heaven and earth within us. He redeemed human nature. He fulfilled human nature. He elevated, He stooped down and lifted up human nature so that we can become like God. But He still has to restore the rest of the world. The cosmos. Because all Jesus did in the incarnation and the death and resurrection, He provided us a remedy for sin. He gave us the ability to deal with our spiritual issues. He provided a remedy against eternal sin and death. But all of us know Jesus ascended and a lot of problems in the world still remain. There's tons of injustice. Tons of suffering. Tons of death. So there was always the Christian hope after Jesus. Jesus, of course, predicts this himself. That he would come again to restore and fulfill not just human nature, but he would come to restore and fulfill everything that he had created. He would come to bring about a new heavens and a new earth in which justice will reign, in which peace will reign, in which suffering and death will be no more. And so in the early church, they had this incredible longing for Christ to come back. Lord, come back this time, not as a little baby, but as the one who's going to establish 
a renewed order, a just order. Come back. And so one of the, 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 the common prayers in the early church was that Aramaic phrase, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Come back, don't delay, hasten. And I, I think today it feels kind of weird for us to pray that. Like, Lord, rend the heavens and come down again. Be with us again. I think I prayed it more in 2020 than I ever prayed before, though. You know, like, Lord, just do something, all right? Just come down, end this thing if you have to. I mean, it's just like crazy, you know? But this incredible uh, eager expectation for the Lord to culminate all of history, to restore not just human nature, which he restored in the incarnation, but to restore everything in the created world. In the early church, they would, uh, in the spaces that they would gather to pray, they would often, we, we know from archaeological discoveries, that they would often engrave a little cross on the east side of the room. And as Jews would, would turn to the temple to pray, right, facing the temple, the early Christians would often face east in prayer. The thought was the morning sun, the rising sun, and that Jesus would come back again from the east. So they often prayed in the direction of the east. And when they started building churches after the persecutions, they started building churches facing east and altars facing east. And the thought was every time we enter into prayer, we obviously celebrate Jesus' first coming, but we also look forward to him consummating all of human history in himself by returning again. Jesus is the bridge divider. There's a famous song called Waymaker by Michael W. Smith. You might know this song. I'm coining two new ones, Bridge Divider and Gap Closer. That that's what Jesus does. He's the bridge divider. He's the bridge builder, maybe be a better way of saying it, and the gap closer. He unites humanity and divinity. And I guess I would... I would sort of posit for us as a something to do this Advent is in our own lives, we have various gaps that need to be bridged, various relationships maybe that are divided. And we have to invite Jesus into those. Okay, I think we can get a real sense that we can do that ourselves, that we can divide or that we can uh, uh, build the bridges to heal the political divides in our country, that we can do all the things to close the gaps with strained and broken relationships in our lives, that we can heal the disparate parts within us where we know what we're supposed to do, but yet we never do it. All these disconnected, disparate part, part, parts, even in our own heart. I think we think sometimes we can do that, but here's what Advent's calling us to is that's what Jesus does. He's the bridge builder and the gap closer. He can connect disparate parts. He can bring healing and reconciliation in parts that are fractured and strained. And so, friends, this Advent, as we sort of enter into the, his first coming, which he bridged the divide in terms of our human nature, and we look forward to his second coming, which he'll bridge the divide of fallen of all of fallen creation. We live in the middle where Christ continuously reveals himself to us and comes to us in various ways and invites us
to give him the areas of our lives and hearts in which there's a gap, in which there's division, and let him be a part of bridging that divide, closing that gap. How can we bridge the divide and close the gap between God and humanity? We're kind of like the toddler. It's good to seek God, pursue God. But the incredible story of Christianity is that God reached down. He stooped down to our level to lift us up. Let's invite him into that journey uh, in this Advent season.